Well, welcome everybody to the Ask an Accountant podcast, where we demystify accounting by simply asking your pressing questions from the industry's best and brightest. My name is Tony Wilson, your host, quirky friend, and total accounting nerd. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Lucas Sundahl, who's the controller at Certified Source Performance Group. He's also the founder of Accounting Couture, whose mission is to, provo- to promote the accounting profession and inspire the accountants of today and tomorrow. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So good to have you, Lucas. Now, I will say this. Um, you have absolutely endeared yourself to me with all of your excellent and admittedly grown-worthy accounting and dad jokes. <laughs> um, you have many of them. Um, in fact, for, for those of you guys watching, as we were prepping for this just now, um, Lucas was like, oh yeah, by the way, I also have a spreadsheet with, what was it, 201? How yeah, much? just over 200 <laughs> it's just... so far. And so, yeah, constantly adding to new material as it comes to me. <laughs> it's, this is so amazing. So for anybody who's wondering, how is it that he's able to turn out such good and grown-worthy dad jokes, accounting dad jokes, um, because he's got a laundry list. He's got over 200. So... That's that's part of part of that. But, you know, I can't tell you, Lucas, how many times I've been scrolling through LinkedIn, because that's usually how I, I, I see you and I, we interact is on LinkedIn. I can't tell you how many times that I'm going through in the morning and I just grin. I chuckle to myself because I see, you know, something that you posted. Um, I saw this shirt and I'm like, OK, definitely have to get this, especially, you know, for Father's Day. Um, so that's yeah, because that's what you're doing now with Accounting Couture, right? Yes. Yeah. Making some shirts of, of uh, let's see, you got one that's like Excel Hero, and you've got what? What are some of the other shirts you've got going on? Um, yeah. So we'll have Life of the Party, Fife of Your Right to Party, which is an ode to the Beastie Boys popular song. <laughs> um, I have like Accounting All Star um, Audit Trail, Accounting Audit Trail. So like an homage to those hiking and stuff like that. And it ties back to the accounting humor as well. So <laughs> have like I think right now we're at 17 designs on the Etsy store that we have. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, I, I did. I was perusing through. Obviously, when I went to go get this, I was perusing through. And I do have to say it was hard for me to just pick one. So I'm probably going to end up having to go back and get some more. So oh, yeah, <laughs> just as a, as a heads up there. But yeah, it's super cool. And, you know, I've heard a little bit about accounting tour. Obviously, a lot of the posts that you have, you're talking about accounting couture do you maybe want to just share a little bit about, you know, what is Accounting Couture? What, you know, why did you start it? What are you hoping to accomplish? Tell us a little bit about uh, Accounting Couture. Sure. So Accounting Couture is a passion project. It kind of, basically, it came from, in essence, TikTok. Because in 2020, when uh, a lot of the country was closing down, um, my wife and I would watch some of these videos because, like, at an extra time, like, not having to commute and whatnot. And I was like, there's got to be a way to post something on there, um, something fun. And I was like, a few months went by and I slowly decided like, okay, I should do something like around accounting. And like, I obviously like uh, dad jokes and whatnot. So I was trying to incorporate humor, make it educational. And then I wanted to come up initially with with a design for like a logo. And um, I played around with it and even thought about like, oh, I could do shirts and stuff like that. And so that's where I came up with the accounting couture logo for those aren't, that are not in accounting. It is based on the T account, which is what you use to balance debits and credits. You can use multiple T accounts for like 
I don't want to go too into the weeds, but if you're like managing inventory, different inventory accounts, use the T account to track the debits and the credits. And so the accounting controller logo is an homage to the T account and accounting. And so from there, I started posting stuff on TikTok, um, started sharing stuff on LinkedIn, and just wanted to get to showcase that accounting is not boring. Um, sometimes people think just accounting is sitting behind a spreadsheet or you're using some software, but want to show that it can be fun, especially now that accounting is evolving because there's more and more technology being utilized. So a lot of the things that were mundane are being automated. That's right. But that doesn't mean like accountants are going to be out of jobs. It just means that they're going to be freed up for higher level critical thinking skills and involved with more with strategy, that type of thing. So hmm. accounting couture is just to showcase the fun side of accounting. Um, and we just started doing that with uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And basically it's just continued to evolve to where um, some of it's humor related accounting dad jokes. But in essence, I also try and do it in a way to like, make it funny, but to try and educate people at the same time, like the EBITDA shirt is a tie back to EBITDA, which is an earnings thing that a lot of companies track. Uh, EBITDA is a very important financial metric. Mm -hmm. So and then inventory like FIFO, LIFO, those are important inventory methodologies. So I'm trying to like make it funny, but also teach people that may not even have an accounting background. And hopefully they'll find some value out of it well i will tell you this it has served its purpose in being educational because of a very specific uh story that i have you see i ordered this shirt which then caused my wife and i had my wife and i to have a great conversation uh because i was like i can't wait to get my ebit dad shirt and she just looked at me like a blank stare she's like uh, i don't get it like why why is that funny and i was like because of ebitda you know she's like I literally have no idea what you're saying. And I was like, it gave me a great platform to be like, EBITDA, earnings before, interest, taxes, amortization, and depreciation. Don't you know this? Yeah. Right? And she's like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, did she actually learn something with that? Like, eh, maybe. Maybe she could say it. But you never know. You never know what happens. Yeah. You, you, you uh, interject some humor, and then before you know it, the, the, the populace is, is educated about the topic. So. Yeah. My big thing is I just want people that even are not in accounting to understand a little bit more about it. And ultimately, if they can read just even at a high level, uh, an income statement, a balance sheet and a statement of cash flows, even if they're not like like if working that in the day to day and they're whatever role they're in in life, just being able to read through those and make like informed decisions, kind of see like, oh, based on this, this company looks like it's in a good shape. So maybe I could invest in it or mm -hmm. my, my my family wants to invest in it. Like friends or whatever. So you're not just like relying on news, you can like actually quickly kind of read through and have a little bit of financial literacy with it. That's right. That's so cool. And you know, as you're talking about that, it makes me think back to another guest that I had a couple of episodes ago, Michael Eckstein. And it's kind of a similar thing, right? Like, what I see happening now is you've got these fun personalities like yours, like mine, like Michael Eckstein. And we're kind of breaking the mold on what it is to be an accountant and interjecting humor yeah. and interjecting personability. And what I think is going to start happening is as we have more personable interactions with people, the concepts are going to become a lot less foreign. They're going to become a lot less like, oh, this is too big for me. They're going to be like yes. normal conversational things. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, exactly. But, you know, maybe that's just me, um, like my, my pie in the sky dream here, but 
I think it's yeah, great. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that is what will happen. Yeah. I think that's, that's super cool. Well, more to come about accounting couture. We're going to ask a question later on in the show, but I just wanted to give you a platform to, to share a little bit about what you're doing with accounting couture. You know, something else I'm super curious to hear about and to have our audience hear a little bit more about is your background. Uh, you have a very non-traditional background in terms of you're a controller now, but I would argue you probably didn't expect to be uh, where you are now in your career as a controller when you went to college. So want to maybe just talk us about uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience, like how did you get to where you are today? And yeah, go for it. Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, I went to college at K-State, originally enrolled as an art major, uh, took a few courses in art. Um, a lot of the initial classes for that were like more drawing based, which I liked. But then I saw some of the my uh, cohort people, and I'm like, oh, I thought I was decent at drawing, and they're like amazing. And um, there wasn't like anything really like computer based at that early stage, and um, I just it didn't feel like it was the right fit for me. Like I've always enjoyed like drawing or even like making up random logos and different things, drawing sports things when I was younger. So I was like, art was great initially. And then I was like, ah, I don't know. So then I changed to education. I wanted to like go into education um, and then eventually kind of like start as a like teacher, moved to like administration. I was like, had that as a major briefly. And then I went to a career fair or not a career fair, but like a, a major fair at K-State. And the two things I saw were that I really liked were marketing and kinesiology. And so I went, I enrolled in the kinesiology course, really liked it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. So it's the scientific study of human movement. It can be used for a wide variety of things. It's not just like about physical education. You can use it, um, it's like physical therapy, occupational therapy. Some people majored in that, went on to dentistry or different things. But for me, I used it, graduated and with a kinesiology degree and became a personal trainer. So. Right out of school, I worked at a couple of gyms. One was a national chain, which I think they're still open, 24-hour fitness. I know Genesis Health bought some of their previous facilities. Did that for a little bit. And then I moved over to a company called Front Door Fitness, which was uh, where a trainer comes to your house or if you live like in a a condominium, like your whatever complex or fitness facility you have on site. So we did some corporate training and home training. Met a lot of really cool people through that. And through that process, um, I got connected and got a job with an investment company in Kansas City, American Century Investments. They do mutual fund investing. And so I started working part-time with that. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, and then I was still liking training, but I'm like getting up super early in the morning, late evenings, because you're working around other people's schedules. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. Uh, I think I should go back to school. So during this whole process, I decided to go get an MBA in finance. And I did that through Baker University, which is in Kansas. Um, I used their satellite campus in Kansas City. Um, Met some awesome people through that. Got my MBA in in finance. I'm like, all right, this is great. Yeah. Started applying for jobs, undergraduate degree in accounting, undergraduate degree in accounting. I was like, oh my goodness. Are you serious? Wait, wait, wait. Just pause for a second. So people were looking, they're like, great, you got an MBA in finance, but I need an undergrad in accounting. Yeah, was that, that was like one of the that was like one of their so-called knockout questions in their uh, applicant tracking system, whatever you, HR mumbo jumbo they want to utilize. But anyway, so yeah, I would get I basically knocked out because I didn't have a, a I had a bachelor's degree, just not in accounting or finance. And so I was like, okay, 
So during that process, I um, moved to another company like Cerner, which recently was acquired by Oracle. But through them, I was able to get more of the accounting finance focus, like work-wise, and also complete my degree in accounting. So I did that. Um, so my MBA was on campus, um, and then my accounting degree was online through Baker as well. Mm-hmm. What, no, when you were doing your your um, undergrad in accounting, did you have to do the whole program, or did you just do like a shortened version of it? So it was a shortened version. So based on my like. Um, coursework at K-State and already completing the MBA program to the same university, I mainly was just, um, I had to do a few prerequisites, but the bulk of the course, like the two-year program was like accounting coursework or business administration. Got it. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So you graduate with your undergrad, you finally graduate, you got your MBA, but now you go back, you get your undergrad in accounting. Doors are now open for you. Talk to me, what, what happens after that? What happened after that? Um, so during that time frame, we moved from Kansas City to Tulsa um, with our first child, and um, it's going good there. Like I work at a company, um, a CPA firm, and then I moved to oil and gas, which I'm thinking at the time is like, okay, this is great. And then there's a markets dry up, especially it was a midstream company. So for those that aren't, that aren't familiar, there's like the people that drill and then like refining is like midstream and move it to final production. So midstream stuff was a lot of pipeline projects that started like going away. So they reduced mm-hmm. staff. And then after that, though, I got um, I worked at a couple places, just like temp assignments. But I got on finally with a company called Accurus Aerospace. And so I got to like fully utilize. Well, I hadn't didn't have my CMA yet, but I got to get like fully encompassed in like manufacturing absorption costs, mm-hmm. like fixed costs, all that whole uh, cost accounting umbrella through that. Plus, I'm a, um, I mean, those that know me probably know this, but I'm an av geek. Like, I love jets, planes. I've always been a oh. fan. Like, even now, like, um, at my age, I've been in the corporate world for a while. I'll still look up and kind of watch planes and go, man, that's so cool. So <laughs> I still love going to air shows or seeing air show videos online. Um, I still haven't yet, I have not seen Top Gun Maverick yet, but I'm dying to see it because I'm a huge fan of, like, the F-15, F-18s in the movie and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. I'll see it soon. <laughs> soon enough. Soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that's actually a, a pretty a pretty good one. Um, so you, you really quick before we, we talk about like the the very very final place where you're at right now, the thing that is super cool hearing about your story is like not only did you have an opportunity to like kind of repivot career wise, but you've also been in a lot of different industries, right? You're not like you know pigeonholed into just one thing. Like you've seen a lot of different stuff. Yeah, so I've been in a manufacturing space, oil industry, CPA firm, um, currently at a staffing company. Prior to that, I had another oil and gas oil experience there and also a government contractor. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen like the, all of that uh, realm as well. Interesting. That's that's super cool. So you mentioned you're at, currently at a staffing company, right? Yes. So is that, and that's right from the, what is it, the aerospace place you uh, then took the role where you're at right now, or was there something in between there? Oh, something in between. So I went from Accurate Aerospace to um, a government contractor, STI Technologies. Mm-hmm. They do like they various government contracts for U.S. Army, Navy, uh, Coast Guard, various projects from um, like some of them may just be like, be like some maintenance on base things or one of the job titles they had was a war games analyst. So 
a wide spectrum of things to support the military in that capacity. So it was really cool. Um, from there, I went to a company that's uh, manufacturing in the oil field space. It was a company that used to be part of Baker Hughes. Um, I was I, lo- I liked that job a lot. And the reason I left is because the owner of my current company, um, the staffing company, had found me on LinkedIn and seen some of my content and just like, hey, let's bring him in. And I was like, I figure like, why not? I'll, I'll talk to him, entertain the idea. And I've, I'm loving it. It's been awesome. He's great to work with. The company is phenomenal. And I'm excited for the future there. So my career has taken many pivots, but I'm happy where I'm at. That's so cool. I love that. And and I love hearing the su- success story of like, you're putting yourself out there, you're posting daily, you've got something like a unique personal brand. And that was ultimately the thing that landed you kind of where you're at right now. I think that's so cool. Yes. That yeah. is super cool. Well, Lucas, thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. Do you mind if I ask you some pressing questions? Oh, sure. Let's okay. go for it. All right. <laughs> perfect. So you started your career off as a personal trainer. You share a little bit about that. You also mentioned that you have some experience in graphic design. You did a little short stint um, in the, as an art major and all this kind of stuff. Um, like we said, you know, these are not necessarily starting points that you would associate with eventually leading to the accounting profession. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about what those early years felt like for you before you ended up going back to school for your MBA uh, and then ultimately your accounting degree? What, what were the, what did it feel like to be in that spot? Um, so initially it was great. Like I, especially when I first started with the like at home training company, it was great. Like going to client houses, forming relationships with these great clients, um, networking with them. But as I was going through that, um, like one of the frustrations and with like, I'm sure a lot of personal trainers feel this. So you like work early mornings, late evenings, sometimes you have lunch clients and the only way to really progress in that career. Um, I mean, there's probably a few different ways, but to really like, I guess, own your own gym or just continue training, but you like, you can only do so many things in a day and then you run out of time to have like a family life and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So at the time when I first started in that, I was single, but then I was like, okay, I've got to go back to school. And cause I wanted to have like a more, nor- a more normal traditional schedule where I could have evenings free. And so I slowly kind of moved in that process. Um, it's still enjoying training. Like even now I still work out. I love like being healthy and still promoting fitness in the way that I can, but uh, it's just got to a point where like the early mornings and evenings, it's just like no time for dating really, um, mm. or even time to really see my friends except for like on the weekends. Mm. Yeah, I totally hear that. It's interesting you should say that because, you know, I've seen a pretty substantial increase in, you know, people going back to coding boot camps because they want to have, like you're talking about, they want to have a little bit more of a flexible work schedule. But what I think sometimes people don't necessarily think about, especially in today's day and age, Software development is definitely a great avenue to do that, but also accounting is a great one. And it's becoming more and more that type of industry where you can be a little bit more flexible and, you know, you can have nights and weekends free, um, depending on where you're working. But like for the most part, you know, like that's, that's a thing. So it sounded like that was a pretty big driver for you uh, in making that pivot. Yeah, it definitely was just wanted to have, um, 
more time, like free time, but also like have a chance to advance. Like with training, it's like own your own gym, or maybe you like, I guess, become a fitness model or guru or something, which mm -hmm. seems very limited. Uh, there's like, there's so much competition in that space. Yeah. So it's really kind of own your own gym. You're still like trading a lot of uh, time for trading a lot of your time for money. That's right. And, but with business, I feel like, I mean, yeah, you're still trading time for money, but there's still a way to like, there's more growth potential and progression is what I felt like. Yeah, that totally makes a ton of sense. So we actually have a live question that came in from one of our live viewers. Oh, okay. uh, right. Serena, thank you so much for posting this. But she asked, what do you think are the transferable skills from being an art major for the little time you were there that can be useful for accounting? Oh, so I think um, like pre presenting data. So that's mm. a great thing. Um, I feel like with art classes, you kind of learn visual space. Um, some of those concepts are like coloring, like shading and whatnot. So I think that's definitely transferable once you start um, getting to a point where you're doing data, like present, presenting data, doing presentations like with a PowerPoint or whatever uh, media. But yeah, I think it's definitely transferable for having that, like how to kind of lay things out uh, to make it meaningful, like so the people in your audience can read it quickly but also make it like not just so mundane and like, oh, this right. like went straight out of Excel. I mean, you can still use Excel to make it look good, but like sometimes people just build basic charts and it just looks kind of bland. Right. You know what's interesting? And you probably know this better than anybody else, but you could be the best accountant, the most technically savvy accountant in the world. But if you struggle to communicate and to be engaging, what's, what's the point? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, people aren't going to get the message. You know, I, I, I wrote this joke uh, on, on LinkedIn, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a toilet. Like, yeah, sure, you can gather your crap. But if you can't flush it, what's the point? Yes, that's a good, yeah, very good point. <laughs> and um, basically, what I equate it to is accountants are storytellers at the end of the day, like that's you right. take the data, um, you could tell obviously the story about the past. But like, what accounting is becoming that I'm seeing is, Yes, you can tell about the past, but accountants are being tasked with being storytellers, not fortune tellers, but like, okay, based on this data, what, like, what's the story? Like, what do we look like uh, a year from now, 18 months from now, that type of thing? That's right. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, one thing I'm also seeing is, yes, there is definitely a trend towards, we got to be more forward looking. We got to be more forward looking. And I totally agree. One thing that I do think that accounting still takes the cake in is, future plans are you know they're they're not really always based in reality granted like you can yeah. use meaningful metrics and things that are reasonable but what doesn't lie is what has happened right so if we don't yeah. have a clear understanding of what has actually happened uh we kind of lose that that forward-looking view we can't really rely too much on on the forward-looking view so i'd still think accounting is very important Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally the case. Okay, moving on to my next question for you. Um, this is actually kind of funny. Um, as I was doing a little bit of um, prep work, uh, I was kind of scrolling through uh, Lucas's LinkedIn profile, and I came across Sunderful Superheroes. And I did a little bit of research, and I was like, this is amazing. So can you maybe share a little bit about uh, what this business is or what this business was and like what prompted you to launch it? Tell us a little bit more about this. So I'll quickly go back. So basically I kind of started from college and when I was at K-State, I was the mascot there for three years, like two like full-time equivalent basically. 
for K-State. I was Willie the Wildcat. For those that... Oh, was wait, it? wait, 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 wait. You were a mascot. Yes. You donned the outfit. Yeah, so with K-State, Willie Wildcat is a mascot that just has, like, the head. Okay. And then the body is, like, whatever uniform. So you got a football uniform, basketball, sure. baseball. So it's just the head. It's not, like, a full-on costume. So, and then traditionally, like, Willie's are in pretty good shape. So, yeah. yeah, I did that in college. It was awesome. Like, it's so cool. I'll quickly say, yeah. when you, um, it's almost like being an instant celebrity and then back to just, like, your just normal, normal everyday life. Yeah. So, when you're in front, like, go to the football stadium. K-State's, like, seats around 55,000. Like, you got all these fans screaming, yelling. Like, it's your instant celebrity. You get to have all that fun. You take the head off, change back to normal clothes, and just kind of, like, it's Go almost like being becoming a superhero in in essence, like uh, you have your secret identity. So from that, fast forward, um, my son's second birthday party, my oldest son, we were looking for different characters um, to have come to his party and we found an Elmo and they did a good job. We're like, there's no real market here for um, like characters and stuff like to come to parties at that time. And we, my wife and I were talking like, it'd be kind of fun to offer that. And so we started off with like, spider-man captain america and then as we were going it just continued to evolve one year we had like, actually like two or three years we had the grinch which was super popular at christmas time oh, nice. and then we uh then we branched out we connected with some people that had um like worked on theater and so like did like their princess characters and so not only like would they show up in a princess outfit but they would sing and the people at these parties were like oh my goodness these girls are amazing like amazing voices so yeah we had um superhero characters men and women in that role and then obviously like the princess characters which are super popular we did that and then once the pandemic hit we still did some like virtual things and then coming out like as things started to open back up um we were still like having fun but like our kids are getting a little bit older and we're starting to get in more activities so we kind of made a decision to um kind of like get rid of our not really get rid of but like kind of sell off our um brand if you will so we had a friend that um my wife and i knew she had her own character business and we kind of just merged with them and kind of gave all of our uh, intellectual property and some of our costumes to them. And so they still operate today. They do a great job for local parties uh, and like birthday parties, corporate events and whatnot. So yeah, it was a cool thing, cool experience. Got to do a ton of like superhero uh, birthday parties, corporate things, that type of thing. I love it. I love it. And you know, as I saw <laughs> that and uh, you shared a little bit about, you know, what prompted this, one thing that I've come to realize about you, Lucas, is you are an entrepreneur, like in and out, like this is through and through, like who you are. It's just like even thinking through like how you pivoted through your career, um, but then like just starting this like business, you saw a need and you're like, hey, let's just do it. Let's go for it. You saw yeah. a need with accounting couture. You're like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's just do it. And um, I think that's super cool. And And maybe just for people who are watching, you know, sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes the entrepreneurs that are out there don't realize they're entrepreneurs until they look back and they're like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of did just do whatever I wanted to do. You know, like I, I kind of just mm -hmm. ventured into these things, you know, cause I imagine for you, it's not like you like grew up thinking to yourself, I'm going to grow up to be an entrepreneur someday. Right. Like that probably wasn't at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was more so like kind of looking back and like, okay, I guess it was like an entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. I know I feel more like an entrepreneurial, like with the accounting couture piece and then the superhero piece when we were doing that. But in the initial process, it just felt like I was just kind of like, I mean, yeah, for myself, finding like something that like I'd like to do and like finding a need for it. And then it's evolved to more of an entrepreneurial place now. Yeah.
totally, totally the case. So I've got a question coming back to your career for a minute. So, you know, like you talked about, you wanted to make this pivot away from personal training into accounting, primarily because you wanted to um, just kind of get a better career trajectory, but I also wanted some more of that time back, right? So you knew you were going to be making that transition. When you were going back to school, um, what, what, uh, had you considered like a less formal accounting track or a, a different track in order to get in there? Or like, what was it that like prompted an MBA and then an undergrad? Um, for me, like, yeah, I know there's like, there's more like non-traditional things or, um, I guess more entrepreneurial based, like bookkeeping services or different things. But for me, I just wanted to get into, at least initially, like the corporate environment to, like grow my skill set um, with accounting and finance, and uh, so I, I didn't really consider any other options. I just figured that, like for me, that was the best way to like really get in there and have that growth potential. Gotcha. With less risk, I feel like there could have been some other avenues I would take, but those have more risk up front. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and that's and that's good. Um, just as a quick aside, I think we might be. Oh no, we're back. We're back. We had a little bit of oh, a, okay. a, a little bit of a oh, YouTube hiccup. glitch, a little bit of a, a okay. hiccup with our, but we're we should be good now. Um, but yeah, no, that that totally makes that totally makes sense. And you know, it's interesting when you were saying that. You know, one thing I love to tell people about is, you know, I actually think it's a lot easier for people to get into the accounting profession than they realize. But you make a really good point because you said, you know, your hope or your goal was to get into a corporate setting. And I would agree, like a lot of these corporate places, um, even though they're trending more towards allowing, you know, non-traditional paths, um, but a lot of them do still require that four-year degree. And so if, if your aspiration is to get into, you know, a corporate job in accounting, yeah, I think that's that's a really, that's a smart move for sure. So I think that's, that's super helpful. Um, yeah. w- when you think back on that experience, do you, I guess... When you look back, do you do you feel like that MBA and that four year degree? Um, do you feel like a lot of what you learned you still apply today, or do you feel like there's a little bit of a mismatch in terms of your um, experience in college and practice? No, I feel like a lot of it I was able to apply. I th- like the way that Baker University had formatted the stuff is it was like working professionals. So some of the curriculum was taught by people that were like not just professors full time, but like people that work um, in various roles in like accounting and finance or business ownership. So, I mean, some of the coursework I don't utilize, um, but majority I do like the accounting and finance stuff in some capacity, I still use to this day. So it's definitely, I, from my experience, it was worth it. Yeah, that's good. I love, I love to hear that. So when you went back for your MBA and then your accounting degree, um, from a credits perspective, you for sure would have been able to sit for your CPA, right? Because I think it's like you have to have 120 credits to sit and then 150 in order to like actually get your CPA license. So can you t- walk us through like what was part of your thought process on what made you decide against sitting for the CPA? So, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought back and forth heavily on this one, like when I was going through it. Uh, and I guess I because I even like went through the Oklahoma State Board of Accountancy and like reached out to them. Technically, uh, I was three credit hours short of being able to sit for the CPA exam um, because my MBA was in finance. I guess like not enough transferred over. Had I had an MBA and like accounting focus, then I would have had enough. 
God. that was part of it. The other thing was, um, like I'd already worked at a CPA firm and I just didn't really want to necessarily go that route. Um, I worked in tax, which some people tax is awesome for me. It was not my cup of tea. Um, when I was there, I was almost like moving over to the audit side, but another role came up. So I ended up leaving the firm. I think audit would have been more fun and more enjoyable. Um, and then the other thing was like, just re looking back and forth with the CMA, it's a global credential. And then like, it doesn't require a licensure. So if I move from like, like one state to another, I don't have to contact that state board of accountancy and like fill out more paperwork or do different things. Like I can just take the CMA wherever I want to go. So that made it, um, that was part of my decision process. The exams in two parts versus four. I mean, still a lot of accounting work to study for, but mm -hmm. that was another uh, piece of it. And it just, yeah, for where I wanted to grow, go with my career, where I was already at, like I already being in industry, the CMA was more of like what I wanted to do. And also at the same time, I had just, um, I was working through Accurate Aerospace. So the CMA was like definitely right in line with what I wanted to do. Like it's very focused. A lot of it's like management accounting. Cost accounting is a big portion of the exam or part one exam. So that's why I ultimately ended up picking the CMA. Yeah. And that, that totally makes sense. Um, and you kind of even answered a little bit of my, my first or my, my next question, but this, this CMA credential. So for people who are watching on the YouTube video, you'll see um, there's a little uh, banner at the bottom of Lucas's screen and it's Lucas Sundahl, comma, CMA, comma, CSCA, uh, which real quick, CSCA stands for? Certified in Strategy and Competitive Analysis. Love it. I'm genuinely tempted to go for it. I think my wife would kill me if I said I'm going to study for oh, an yeah. exam, though. But <laughs> um, but yes, super, super cool. Because that's also offered through the IMA, which puts on the CMA um, credential. Um, but this CMA credential you were just talking about... Um, you shared a little bit about, uh, you know, it was very applicable for you in like costing and management accounting. Um, so I, I guess maybe a broader question for you is what is your perspective on getting credentialed um, as an accounting professional? Like what what goes into um, making that decision? Like, is it something that everybody should be credentialed? Like, how do I go through uh, that that process of should I get this CMA or CPA or whatever else like that? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, honestly, it's just kind of you have to like evaluate where you want to go with your career. If I had it to, to do over again, I was back in like undergrad, like not doing art education. If I was just starting off in accounting, I would have done both the CPA and CMA. Um, but I think it just depends on where you want to go with your career. Um, obviously like with CPA firms, most of the work is like tax or audit, but you can also get to like, especially bigger firms that offer consulting services. Mm. So it's just kind of, if you want to be more on the public accounting space, like in the CPA firm, or if you want to be more, um, in like uh, staff accounting controller, accounting manager, um, ultimately like you can still take both paths and end up as a CFO, but it just kind of depends on like what you want to do, what you're really passionate about um, from the get-go. So mm -hmm. both credentials are really good. Um, but yeah, for me, and the CMA touches a little bit on audit, some stuff, but yeah, that's the big thing on the CPA side is more audit and tax focus. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just mainly just kind of where you want to go with your career. I know for me, like having both would be 
awesome, but I'm like already where I'm at. I'm good. I'm sure my wife, yeah. if I said the CPA, she would not be happy. <laughs> like, um, I do not want you to have all your names. Yeah, we're not signing up for that. No, yeah, no, exactly. no. No, I feel like definitely getting the CPA. I mean, I commend the people that are out there that go back, you know, they're midway through their career and they go back and they get their CPA. Like, I have so much respect for them because, like, that would be so hard for me. It was hard for mm. me to get my CPA. Um, and I was like a young gun. Like, I was pretty much fresh out of college. And yeah, anyway. Oh, yeah. That's a different yeah. story. But <laughs> I will just say this my perspective, um, I have a ton of respect for the CMA because I stumbled across their body of knowledge over the last year or so. And then I was like dabbling with, oh, do I go for the CMA? Do I not? You know, I obviously had lots of excuses for the longest time not getting it because I'm like, yeah, you know, I've got a CPA. It's fine. But the thing I thought was most compelling is the more I'm in private industry, the more I realize that the needs of the businesses that I support are much more heavily geared towards the body of knowledge that exists in the CMA than is the case for the CPA. So, you know, things like, you know, a lot of times people talk about like, well, I don't need the CMA because I don't do cost accounting. But my thought is I'm like, okay, that's part of it. But also, you know, what about management reporting? What about decision support? What about, you know, what's your best finance option or financing option? You know, some of these things that I'm like, I actually really enjoyed studying for the CMA because I'm like, you know, I learned these little bits and pieces in college, but then like I lose them because I don't use them. Yeah. Know? So... Um, well, yeah, that's the thing with the CP CMA. I was able to, like, from day one, utilize a lot of the information while I was studying, or then also, like, once I got the credential. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so sometimes, like, people hear accountant, or especially if they hear the term CPA, they're like, oh, they must do tax work. But that is like audit and tax are just very niche things. They are very important tasks, mm -hmm. they're vital for businesses, but only a po small portion of people will do that on a daily basis. The daily other things you need are people that like can do the budgeting, the forecasting, uh, working capital management, like, mm -hmm. okay, should we invest in this machinery? What should, should we do here? Like, what about headcount? Do we need to hire? Like, so that's the thing with the CMA is really good about um, like doing those daily decision things to make not only like work currently, but kind of work forward looking and then also look backwards um, and see like different try and spot trends from the past as well. Yeah which is, I mean, it's super valuable. I'm sure your employers, people you're working with right now, I'm sure they, they benefit a ton from your background and your experience and your credential, CMA credential. Yeah. And the thing is too, like, I love the IMA because they offer um, tons of CPE courses. You pay them yearly membership, but you get tons of free CPE courses. And then they also have like lunch and learns, like, so webinars, eat lunch and learn like various uh, accounting topics throughout the year to get your CPE hours. That's so cool. Um, yeah, Lucas, I feel like this is totally off script, but um, <laughs> you are you are are you a gold member, gold level uh, with the IMA? Is that ringing a bell? Yeah, I'm at the level, the highest level before like the top level of platinum. So I I have to go back and look, but I'm the, yeah the highest level, um, like underneath like the top platinum level. That's super cool. And and part of getting to that point is you like take different like leadership levels, um, like supporting you, you like volunteer some of your time in terms of like leading chapters. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so um, you do, like complete like complete various um, leadership coursework through the IMA. But also I volunteer for the local Tulsa IMA chapter. Um, I kind of help 
kind of lead the um, professional development part. So I kind of, I work to bring in speakers on a monthly basis to talk about um, various accounting topics. And then I'm also on the committee that uh, we have our annual meeting every year in August, um, it's like two days worth and then like, like 16 hours of CPE. So I work with other accountants and that to like plan out the speakers, the layout, um, like what we're going to do each day, like how to kind of format the event. So yeah, I, I've learned a lot through the volunteer work through the IMA in that capacity. That's super cool. Um, well, I just say this personally, I'm really, I'm crossing my fingers. I took my second exam. I passed my first exam. I'm hoping I pass the second exam because I would love to be able to uh, put CMA after my name over oh, here. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, man, when, I'm, I'm going to say when, because even if I don't pass it this time, I'm going to take it again. When I pass and I get that CMA, I'd love to pick your brains about, you know, just recommendations on like how I should go about doing this stuff. And who knows? I might have you on oh, the yeah. show again to, to talk even more about the CMA stuff. But yeah, that sounds good. That is, uh, that's really, really cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you in that. Um, and I'm excited to just to see what the IMA is doing. They're, they're honestly, for everybody who's watching, especially for, I would say, primarily for those who are accounting professionals who are watching, um, the, the IMA, the CMA, I'm just, I'm really impressed by what they're doing, kind of their forward looking approach to, um, you know, continuously evolving their um, body of knowledge. So huge fan. Huge, huge yeah. fan. So I've got one last question for you. Okay. Um, and this actually relates to uh, the shirt that you're wearing, Accounting Couture. Um, <laughs> so we talked already briefly at the very beginning about what Accounting Couture is. But, you know, I'd love for you to share a little bit more with our audience about what's coming up for Accounting Couture. You're selling these great shirts, which, by the way, I think you said there's a 15% off discount or something like that. Yeah, there's a LinkedIn save 15. I got a, couple, I got a few different promo codes. So if you type in the comments, even like I can shoot you a promo code. <laughs> do it, do it down below to save 15%. Um, you'll, you'll not, you're not going to be disappointed with these amazing shirts. Um, yeah. But so you're selling great shirts. You are showering social media with your choice jokes. What's on the horizon? What do you got? What do you got coming on? What's uh, your mission to promote the accounting profession, and how do you hope to do that in the next five years? So my mission is to. So I've heard about like declining enrollment in accounting, and I feel like accounting is not being marketed well to high school students and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I feel like the message, at least that I see, is that like accounting, go work at a big four CPA firm and do audit or tax. Um, there's so much more than that. Like if you want to go that route, you want to work for the big four, awesome, go crush it. But you don't have to like initially jump into 80 plus hour work weeks to be in accounting. Like there's a ton of different paths. You can work for a local CPA firm, even a regional one that like is in three or four states, get a ton of experience and then move um, If you want to go from like two years, three years in a CPA firm, move on to uh, industry at that point, but I just want to showcase that there's more, like so many different career paths in accounting, um, and or even like finance as well. And so I just want to continue to make videos, uh, incorporate some humor, um, maybe even like I would like to do some like speaking engagements in the future. But ultimately, what I, I want to get to uh, is get this thing big enough to where um, profitability wise, where I can fund scholarships. Mm -hmm. So one of the things when I was like going back to school. Um, is like some companies offer tuition assistance, some don't, but just not only the cost of like the exams themselves, but the study materials. Mm -hmm. So I want to 
have a scholarship uh, available for like the study materials for the CMA exam, CPA exam, uh, certified internal auditor, like anything that's accounting or finance related is ultimately what I want to get to and just continue to grow the brand and showcase that accounting is fun and it'll continue to evolve from beyond just like the traditional number crunching mm -hmm. green visor type thing that's in some people's minds. Yeah. And it's um, obviously like tax and accounting or tax and auto will always be a part of accounting, but there's more of that on, especially on a daily basis that accountants uh, carry out. And also in addition to that, just want to showcase that like, even if you go into accounting and it's not for you, having that knowledge will help you no matter where you go in life. If you start your own company, um, you just want to be like an investor and look at your, analyze your own stuff. Having a, a basic understanding of like the language of accounting will help you no matter what industry you're in. Absolutely. Now, Lucas, you're now talking my language. The vision and mission of Equip is we exist to empower visionaries to turn their dreams into a reality by teaching them the language of business so they can read and write the story of their success. Yes. Language of business. I love it. And I could not agree with you more. Accounting is so fundamental. Finance, accounting, so fundamental to basic business operations. Um, so thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing with Accounting Couture. I love yeah. the mission. I especially love that idea of like scholarships. I mean, that's the way that I was like, oh, this is a no brainer. I'm for sure going to buy this shirt. And everybody out there watching, <laughs> please go and buy these shirts because it's going for a good cause as we build, as together we build up Accounting Couture to help reshape the industry and to, uh, to help people enter it in, enter into it. Um, one really quick aside, um, what you were saying about Sometimes companies offer reimbursements for, um, you know, the credentials or going back to school or whatever, but like that is expensive. And if they're not paying for it, I mean, I shelled out about $2,000 between my study materials and my exam fees for CMA. So that can be a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I just want to do what I can. Um, hopefully I get to a point like I do like significant amounts to people, but I want to help. I don't want that to be something that prevents somebody from earning a credential that will help them grow in their career. I know for myself with had the CMA and CSCA have helped me a ton and helped me advance in my career, even just in the last like three years since earning the CMA. So mm -hmm. I want it to be open to more people and not let the financial cost be a barrier. I love it. I love it. I love it. Lucas, um, I really appreciate you taking some time today to answer some of my yeah. interrogation questions. Um, <laughs> before we go, I do want to give you an opportunity to impart some words of wisdom. Uh, I always like to do this with our guests to speak to a very specific audience. And so your audience that I'd love for you to speak to is that fresh college graduate or somebody who is considering kind of like where you were at with uh, when you were personal training, somebody who's considering moving into the accounting industry, what would be some words of wisdom that you would give to those people? Yeah. So anyone that's considering it, like just do your research, read up on it. Um, if you read like even like the Bureau of Labor Statistics and stuff, there's still a ton of growth potential in this industry. Um, I know some of the accounting enrollments are down at different universities, um, but accounting even if you switch out of the field in a few years having that baseline will help you make better decisions as a business business owner investor that type of thing so i would just say like this um, accounting truly is the language of business so having this will help you no matter what role you serve in the future from owning your own business or just an individual contributor that type of thing 
you still need to know like uh, how to read the financials and uh, just make better decisions. Uh, so, so good. Do your research. It's still a very, very good industry. That is what, that's what I'm hearing yeah. from Lucas. So, oh yeah, definitely. So Lucas, real quick, if somebody wanted to, they're watching the show, they're like, hey, I want to follow this guy. I want to get in touch with this guy. Where can people find you on the ecosystem of the interwebs? Oh, yeah. So the, one of the best places to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. And then for the accounting couture piece is also LinkedIn, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, even on the accountingcouture.com website. There's, uh, I try and like post things constantly and try and uh, create content to obviously like, educate, but also make people chuckle or whatever, um, especially if you're an accountant reading some of these jokes that like eight in the morning, getting you to your desk with a cup of coffee. Oh, it just makes the day that much better. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I couldn't disagree with you there. That's uh, 100% the case. It always brings a smile to my face every time I scroll through in the morning on LinkedIn. So that's good. Yeah. I'm I'm thrilled that you are on TikTok. Um, I eventually would love to find myself on there. I'm just, I'm not savvy enough on that. So LinkedIn for me, but I'm here on LinkedIn, <laughs> Instagram, TikTok. I mean, you name it. Lucas is out there. Counting Couture is out there. So. Go yes. and follow them for sure. And cool if people reach out to you too? Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's one of the things too. Like, obviously, I'm promoting accounting, but I'm happy to help people in their career. Obviously, I've had different career changes, field of work changes. So people can reach out with uh, questions. I'm happy to help people. One of the things too, like on LinkedIn, like when people post about um, like earning a new credential or getting a new job, I'm always there like trying to like, do the celebrate icon or whatever, because that's a huge deal. So I think um, some people may not like that feature, but I love it. Like, I think it's an awesome way to build people up because uh, basically what it comes down to is life is not a, a zero sum game. Like obviously as you move up in companies, there's only like, there's only like one really CFO role, but people can still move in their career and still win without you losing. So you should you're a good way to like cheerlead other people um because your win could just be around the corner so that's good and they and then the thing is like you you like comment on their post congrats on the new job six months later they like um come back to you about something and so it's just a way to help each other continue to grow uh professionally i love that abundance mindset right there i love it I yes love it. exactly all right lucas well thank you so so much for taking some time um i really appreciate it it's so fun to hear about your story and a little bit about your perspective on some of these questions so thank you Thank you. Thank you. So yes. for everybody watching, I hope you found value in today's episode. As always, if you have a pressing accounting question that you would like future guests to answer, go ahead and email them to me at Tony at equip.com. That's A-C-C-Q-U-I-P.com. Also, if you are an accounting professional or you know one who would be interested in coming on the show, please reach out to me as well. I want to thank you all again for tuning in today. And as always, keep calm and keep your clothes on. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. That was so good. That was so good. Thanks yeah, for good. following me on the some of the rabbit oh, trails. Oh, yeah, I know. I was, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. This was, it was a good, yeah, good dialogue. This was really, really good.